The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Wait, hold up to talk about skin. One of the Skinny Confidential community's favorite topics. I could talk about skin all day long. Let's talk about a night serum, okay? We talked about this on the last episode, but let's really get into it. So I'm tired. I mean, obviously, my skin is feeling dull and a night serum needs to be doing wonders and it needs to be doing it effectively okay so enter biosance you may recognize biosance because it's been all over my instagram and my instagram stories so they have this very specific night serum and it's the squalane plus lactic acid resurfacing night serum and it dramatically resurfaces the skin overnight so you wake up to smooth luxurious dewy plump skin you can use it at night and you can use it nightly so it's not something you can only use a couple times a week you can use it every single night and it's for all skin types so if you have sensitive skin, it works. Right now, my skin is very, very sensitive from the baby. So this is ideal for me. Basically, what I like to do is two to three pumps, dime size amount after my moisturizer. And then I always take it down to the nipples. Always. As far as you can go, get it on the neck, get it on the chest, get it on the shoulders. The ingredients here are, because we always like to discuss ingredients, are lactic acid, clover, squalane, and lavender. And again, all really soothing, calming ingredients. If you're a mom, if you're a hustler, if you're overworked, if you're tired, this is the night serum for you. Biosense is giving everyone 20% off. All you do is go to www.biosense.com. That's B-I-O-S-S-A-N-C-E.com and use code Lauren20 for 20% off. Grab some night serum and let me know what you guys think. All right, let's get back into the show. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Uh So I think that having, again, going back to knowing what works for you, because every baby is so different. You know, even with you guys, you have like three bottles in your nursery or three pacifiers because you don't know what she's going to take when she comes, you know. So I think it's just understanding what works for your baby and what works for you as a family, but also having a strong foundation. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday and welcome back to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast. Michael Bostick's hairline is looking hot today. What's going on with your hair? I, I mean, is there not a day that it doesn't? No, today it's looking really good. So I'm just looking extra good? Yeah, he is. Well, um, here's the comments going to come in. Oh, arrogant, uh, <laughs> ego, fuck off. Just, <laughs> just let me have this, guys. All right, he has his hair. Uh, hi, guys, what's up? I'm Lauren Everett's from the Skinny Confidential blog brand and podcast. And across from me is my hot, sexy, full head of hair husband. What's going on with you? I think... You're you're into me today. I had a lot of coffee. Well, I'm into you because I haven't been able to touch you for six weeks. Yeah, people don't really talk about after you give. They, uh, I didn't, you can't nobody, do anything. Nobody told me along. No, but there's no book written that says after you have a baby, you can't have intercourse for six weeks. I didn't. You can get other things. You know, like, the baby's great, but if I would have known that was part of the deal, really, I don't, I don't know. Taylor don't know. doesn't want a baby now. Taylor's like, no thanks. So today on the podcast, we have Jada Naoni. She is a sleep expert, baby expert, and celebrity nursery designer. Uh, I met Jada actually through Instagram. She has done so many celebrities, nurseries, and um, she works with them to just curate beautiful spaces. And together, we did Zaza's Nursery. I just put up a post on the nursery reveal. I wanted a very flamboyant space for the baby, but also something that was super calm. And I feel like we achieved that. Don't you think, Michael? It's it's very calm in her room. 
Yeah, it's nice. It's peaceful. It's my, one of my favorite places in the house now. I caught you in the chair. Like, I don't know what you were doing, like trying to nurse her or something. <laughs> we don't worry about what we're doing in there. Yeah, what was going on? Honestly, I just like, you know, baby or not, one one pro tip here. I think everybody should get one of those nursing chairs. Yeah, they're amazing. Why? I mean, why would you not just put a nursing chair in your living room? That's I don't way know. better than a lazy boy. That is true. The The nursing chair we have is so comfortable. And I might put that in my office as a desk chair. Yeah, chair. a baby's room just has really good energy. On the blog post, I talk about everything from the nightlight she has to the diffuser to the white noise machine. She has crystals in there. I even asked Michael's mom for some memorabilia of when he was a baby. So we have Michael's rattle in there. We really personalized the room. Like we even did things like my nephew Dax, he did this pink fingerprint painting. And so I took it and had it framed and then on it put a, a little love note from Michael for her room. Uh, we even, we have a little cartoon, a Playboy cartoon that's so funny on her wall. Um, and then we ended up blowing blowing up and this is all on the blog like I said blowing up a huge portrait of um, my birth announcement at the Beverly Hills Hotel which was totally inspired by Faye Dunaway who's a total icon and um, Framebridge framed this photo for us and it's like a thick gold vintagey frame so the whole reveal of the nursery is up on the skinny confidential like I said it's definitely a visual thing so if you pull that up while you're listening to the podcast that might help but this podcast is full of all these baby tips nursery tips, everything you need to know if you're pregnant, expecting, going to possibly get pregnant is in this episode. We really picked Jada's brain. So with that, let's welcome Jada to the podcast. Like I said, she's a sleep expert, baby expert, and a celebrity nursery designer. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. We have got my nursery designer, Jada, in studio. She is an expert sleep trainer. And we're going to go all over with this conversation. I want to talk about mom shaming, which is real in 2020, pregnancy shaming. We're going to talk about nursery design and then sleep training. But first, I want you to introduce yourself, your background, how you got into what you do, because it is such a niche. Thank you. My name is Jada, Jada Niani. And I've actually been doing nurseries for about 15 years. I was originally a fashion stylist. And I was working with Courtney Cox. And, you know, Courtney Cox and Gwyneth Paltrow, they were kind of like the first celebrity mom craze that happened. I mean, Madonna, but, you know, she's kind of untouchable. So when Gwyneth Paltrow and Courtney Cox became pregnant, it was like the biggest thing. And so I started like helping Courtney pick out different brands and what to do for a baby. And then it actually just snowballed. Like I just became the person that people in Hollywood will call when they were pregnant or when you, you know, want nursery advice or what to buy for their baby. So what's the what's the thing that you see with all the celebrities with nurseries? Like are they really specific about what crib they have? Are they really specific about how the room looks? Like what's the similar the similarity? The similarity is when nurse when celebrities come to me, they know nothing. Like, what's the pamper? How many times do I have to change a baby? It's always funny to me when you meet a mom and she is just clueless. So I would say that's the first thing that's always- So I'm kind of like a celebrity then, because I'm pretty fucking clueless myself. (laughs) Exactly. You guys definitely are. But I would say, you know, some of them want very extravagant nurseries to keep up with the the celebrity lifestyle. And then some of them are just very, very, very just down to earth and just want to keep it simple and clean. So I would say what's similar is they're clueless. And the second is that most of them want to go extravagant. And who's your favorite celebrity nursery that you've done? And what was her aesthetic? Wow. It's so funny. It's going to probably sound so cliche, but actually it's doing your nursery has been actually my favorite because I remember when I first reached out to you and you said, sure, we'll work together. And then I told my friend, I'm like, but 
she's so pink. Like, that's not my style. But then working with you, it's like, but she's so extravagant. She's so gorgeous. So I would say yours is because it took me out of my comfort zone. And I was able to kind of reel you in out of your comfort zone as well. <laughs> we are actually going just like for anyone like that's wondering, we're not going as pink as you would think. Exactly. You've moved me out of my comfort zone to more neutrals. We're trying to do a lot of black. Right. We're doing a lot of not beige. I want to say like Ivory. nude. Nude. Yeah. Mm. And we're the nursery, I would say, is it's there is pink in it, but it's not like skinny it's not like skinny confidential right, pink. Exactly. It's not like right. that. Whoa, vibrant. but you have to remember that when we first started speaking, the first picture she sent me was a tall pink flamingo with feathers. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so not my style. But we've been able to come back down. So I would say your nursery's definitely been my favorite just because it's so glamorous. The crib is something that I've never, you know, never worked with before. And then I would say the second one will be Sierra. Her nursery was one of my favorites as well because it was all white. Tell us about her nursery. Her nursery for her son future was all white, very plush, very Upper East Side, New York, gorgeous round crib. And we just really, really wanted to be very glamorous because, you know, she's glamorous. So it was mirrored dressers, mirrored changer table, very plush carpeting, and everything was all white. And I loved it. What goes into designing a nursery? Like, what, how do you, how do you, how would you tell someone that's maybe listening in like Florida, like where to even start if they're not used to this mom world? I would say the first thing I always do is come up with a theme. You know, I think finding a theme, and I don't mean like clowns or flamingos. I just mean, where are you in your life? You know, a lot of times people say, well, I don't want to do a nursery because this isn't our forever home. And I always say that's not how you should think. You should, whether you live in an apartment, a basement, a one-room apartment, you should always do a nursery. And I say the theme is what you love. You, you really want it neutral tones mixed with your world, which is the famous and the fabulous wallpaper. So we started from there with yours. So I think it's about finding a theme and what you want to carry on. Is this just going to be about news or pastels or creams or what's really trending? So as you've gotten into nursery design, you started to really take an interest in sleep training. Yes. And I've uh, talked to a lot of my friends that have kids. I had no idea this was such a big, like, thing. Yes, but it is. It is. Very Jada, big are we thing. ever going to sleep again? No. Lauren thinks that you guys are going to have this miracle baby that's going to sleep and going to be perfect. For but nine no. and a half hours? <laughs> I mean, you will sleep again. The most important thing is just teaching her smart sleeping patterns from the beginning. And so, how yes, do you do that? Is. Like, walk us through from, I'm, I get the baby. Baby. You don't just pick baby. it up and like put it right. down. I, I, go, no. I go to the hospital. I pick the baby you up. Pick the baby. I bring the baby home. She's all wrapped up in her swaddle. And then. Well, first, when you first bring the baby home, there's no such thing as sleep training because a baby is going to be just on her own schedule. And newborns sleep most of the day and are up most of the night, especially for in the first early weeks. They're still trying to get used to this whole being outside in the world thing. So for the first two weeks, there's really no sleeping from moms because it's, if you're nursing, then they're up maybe an hour to every two hours to nurse. If bottle-fed babies are the same thing in the beginning because their little stomachs can only hope it so much. So newborns sleep an average of like 16 to 18 hours for the first few weeks, and that's during the day. <laughs> if this bitch doesn't get six hours of sleep, I'm a devil. Or you're about to be a devil because that's not going to happen. Newborn sleep patterns kind of sound like our producer Taylor's sleep patterns. <laughs> you're sleep in the day, be up all exactly, night. Exactly, yeah. right? And it's so funny because a lot of people say, well, I don't sleep at night anyway, so I can handle it. But it's a whole different type of exhaustion when a newborn keeps you up all night. Quick break so 
I can tell you about pregnancy brain. It is real. And you know what else is real? Baby brain. Michael has it. Michael has it right now. No, no, no. I'm clear as a whistle, Lauren. And that is because, as always, I am constantly taking Four Sigmatic Focus shots and Four Sigmatic coffee. Ground coffee mushroom mix, to be exact. Yeah, the coffee, the mushroom mix, it's ground mushroom coffee with lion's mane in it is legit, you guys. This is amazing if you're tired. Let me tell you. It's filled with all these magical benefits, which we'll get into. I'm telling you, mushrooms are life-changing. If you're not on the Four Sigmatic train, you've been living under the rock because this stuff is a complete game changer. I love how it helps us stay productive, think clearly, no jitters, no crash. It helps also, like, you can have two, three cups a day and you don't have to worry about, you know, getting those sweaty coffee palms like mushrooms. <laughs> you know, you just don't have to worry about all that stuff. And, and honestly, guys, mushrooms have so many benefits. It's one of the brain's best friends. It helps us support focus, productivity, creativity, all the things we need for a busy day. My favorite way to use this personally is I like to have a cup of coffee in the morning and then instead of doing another cup of coffee, I'll do the ground mushroom coffee um, because I don't want to have two cups of coffee because like Michael said, it's too much jitters. So if you're trying to get off your two or three cups of coffees a day, this is a really good way to do it. Plus it contains chaga, the king of the mushrooms, which helps support your immune system because right now, listen, it's flu season. There's a lot of shit going around. All of us are worried. All of us don't want to catch something. And a lot of you are probably out there thinking, does this taste like mushrooms? Do I want mushrooms in my coffee. It does not taste like mushrooms. It tastes just like regular coffee. It's a nice, smooth, rich flavor. Everything's 100% organic, fair trade, vegan, keto, sugar-free, and dairy-free. And of course, we have a special offer for all Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners. You receive 15% off your first Four Sigmatic order. Just go to foursigmatic.com slash skinny or enter code skinny at checkout. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash skinny to receive 15% off your order. With that, let's get back into the show. So at, at two weeks, then what do you start to do? Like, what are some tips and tricks that the audience can take if they have a newborn that's two weeks old? Like, when can you start training them? Well, sorry, Lauren, it doesn't start at two weeks. It's more like 16 weeks is oh, when you should start God, sleep okay. training about maybe, I say Lauren, about four like, months. What's going on with you? Guys? I don't know anything <laughs> about babies, Michael. You think I'm being funny. I don't know anything you about think, You think you're going to get a trained baby in two weeks? You are out to lunch, my friend. I yeah, thought she... the baby was going to be trained in two days. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, in about four, and I think that you can do now is what I tell moms about three to four weeks is just make sure they're awake hours are maybe good because some babies like to sleep so much during the day that they lose weight because they're not getting the calories during the day. So I say about maybe a month or a month and a half, just try to keep stretch their awake times to make sure they get the calories in, the nursing or the bottle. And I know that they're so amazing. It's a new smell, a new baby. Just don't get them so used to being rocked to sleep because a lot of bad sleep habits are learned very early on. A lot of moms wear their baby in the carrier, which is great. Skin to skin is amazing. But I would say to just limit to it. Don't go overboard with it because some babies get so used that you can only put them to sleep if you're in the sleep carrier or they can only go to sleep if you rock them to sleep. And sometimes you have a mom that's baby's nine months old and won't go to sleep unless they're rocked. We plan on using the snoo. What are, what are your thoughts on that? The snoo is amazing. The snoo is definitely really good because it's giving you the gentle rock motion. And a lot of moms say that their sleep patterns became better. I mean, will the baby still wake up for feedings? Absolutely. So it's not a magic cure <laughs> for overnight. Your baby still will wake up you know, every hour to two hours to feed in the beginning. So when can you start to really implement sleep training? Like I say, at, I say at four weeks, at four months. Yes. Okay. So how do you do that? Sleep training is picking what's, and the bad thing about sleep training, they get a bad rap from mom say, well, I don't want my baby to cry it out. 
And I just say, it's not about crying it out, but everything you do with your baby, they're going to cry. Potty training, they're going to cry. Learning to t- solace, they're going to cry. Taking the bottle, they're going to cry. Like, <laughs> look at her face. There's a lot of crying involved. So I would say in about four months, you have to decide what works for you. There's so many different methods. Some of the methods is at four months, you put your baby in the room at night after it's been fed all day and you close the door and you leave. And what time is this? I think a four-month-old should definitely go to bed between 6 p.m. and 7. That's normally when they start giving you sleep clues. And the number one trick for sleep training is having a good day schedule. Sleep training is very, very limited amount of effort at night. Most of sleep training comes with making sure that your baby, A, has great nap schedule. You know, and you're the queen of scheduling. So I think this is where you'll be really good with making sure the baby runs a tight schedule as far as when they're feeding, when their activity is, when their playtime. Because really, sleep training is just eat, play, poop, and sleep. Let me ask you this. Say you're a single mom, you don't have time for all this, and you just kind of throw it in the air and go with the flow. What kind of baby, what's going to happen with that? Then you're going to have a baby that's not on a schedule that's probably, you know, now granted, some kids do come out as a good sleeper. Like some kids just come out the womb as a good sleeper. Giving that energy to the baby. Right, giving that energy, right, right. (laughs) But, you know, some kids do that. But, you know, as a single mom, which there are a lot of single moms, you know, the thing is just trying to keep your baby on a schedule. Even if it's a schedule where at daycare or at home, a good nap schedule, making sure your baby gets in enough calories because a lot of babies aren't getting as many feedings in the day because the mom says, well, she will only take two ounces. Well, then that means that she's up at night looking for those ounces and those calories that she didn't get. If if there's someone at home that's listening that's having a lot of problems with their baby sleeping and their baby's like four to eight months, okay, what are some things that they can do? I would say the first thing is sit down and write out a schedule. And that schedule needs to start from the time the baby wakes up. Like, give me an example of a schedule. So let's just say your baby wakes up at seven. Okay. Seven o'clock, you want to wake them up. You want to, well, let them wake up. Then you want to change them, give them their first. And if your baby's, let's just say six or seven months old, your baby should be getting about six ounces. First bottle, first thing they wake up in the morning. Then you have an activity for about 45 minutes. Then they're back down. Like their first stretch of awake time shouldn't be more than an hour and 45 minutes. So then you put them down, you wake them up in an hour and 45. You feed them again. You do an activity. This could be outside activity, on the floor activity. Then they go back down again for a nap. Then they have their second nap. And then after the second nap, you wake them up, you take them for another activity, then you stretch the wake time a little bit longer because you're getting closer to the evening time. So now you just want to do a cat nap. So their third nap should be a cat nap, which should only be 45 minutes. This makes you want to be a baby again. This sounds nice. Sleep, activity, <laughs> sleep, activity. Right. Don't forget the pooping. Don't forget the pooping. Eat and go to bed. Right. Six to, six to 6 p.m. That's what right. I'm yeah, Exactly. I'm in. And then you do the, the cat nap. And then you, it's bedtime pretty much. So you do dinner. Make sure they get into their six or seven months. Again, they should be introduced to solids. You know, you always speak to your doctor to find out when you should do solids. They should do solids, a bottle, a bath, bubbles. I say bottle, bath, and bubbles, <laughs> a book, and then it's bedtime. And then you start a routine with their bedtime. So every night you have the same routine so your baby gets used to it. And if you follow that type of strict schedule and every time you do the feeding, the activity, and the nap time, then by six or seven, your baby should be given sleep cues. And then it's time for bed. And, you know, you have most babies resisted in the beginning. So when it comes to sleep training, you put the baby down about six or seven. You leave out and let the baby put themselves to sleep. You know, if your baby's screaming or is not really going down, you can go back in. But the purpose of sleep training is teaching a baby how to sleep on it, go to sleep on its own and also how to sleep extended hours. So let's just say this baby's already been waking up for three times a night which we will hope your babies won't do. But <laughs> so the first time you go in, you put them down for bed. You don't have, they're going to scream and 
cry. You wait for about 30 minutes. You go back in. You let them know that everything is okay. Mommy's here. We love you. And then you leave back out. Then they go to sleep. And then a lot of times I suggest when you're first sleep training to give them a dream feed. Because a lot of times they use the bottle for just as a crutch. Mm -hmm. So about 10 or 11, Michael, this will probably be your shift. You'll go and you'll give the baby a dream feed. That pretty much means you pretty much just give a baby a bottle while they're still sleeping. I have a shift? No, yes, you have a shift. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then that's it. And then the 2 a.m. and the 4 a.m., that's when the struggle comes. You know, your baby will probably wake up screaming. And you can choose what works for you. You and Lauren may feel like you want to do the cried out method, which means if you don't go back, once you leave the bedroom at 11, you don't go back in until 6. So the baby wakes up, they just have to scream it. Or you may, I like the gentle method where you kind of go in and reassure them that everything is okay. You know, here's the pacifier. If you're doing a pacifier, mommy's here, daddy's here, pat them on the back, get them calm, but not put them back to sleep. Get them calm, put them back into the crib. And then the 4 a.m., if your baby wakes up again, you don't go in at all. I don't think that Michael Bostick is going to be able to do the cry it out method. Right. You well, can't we'll even see. keep a straight face. I, wonder, I, think, I feel like that's the method that, that I had. Right. I, I had to cry it out. Right? Okay. So speaking of sleep, mm -hmm. let's talk about safe sleep practices. Yes. Let's get like really into it and get mm -hmm. really micro on how your baby should be sleeping. Like, right. like mattresses, pillows, bassinets. <laughs> <laughs> everything give right. give us how a baby should be sleeping then so correct so like let me know if i'm wrong here so i don't leave it in an unsecure area face down and then go off about my day no, that's okay so, no. <laughs> okay so okay good thing we cleared that up yes, there's, a lot we that think, up. Right, right. there's a lot of wackos out there that think that that would be our instinct but of right. course that's not my instinct of course not you guys are ready we, you guys are ready the safest way for your baby to sleep is in a crib mm -hmm. with just a mattress and a very fitted crib sheet that's it no pillows, no blankets, no sleeping aids, just the crib, the baby, and a swaddle if they're in under six months. Over six months, they should be in a sleep sack. And that's it. That's the safest way to sleep. Okay. And just like so we can kind of get into that, I posted a picture of a bassinet that was a piece of art that yes. a friend gave us. Mm -hmm. And uh, people thought we were going to let the baby just sleep in the bassinet unsupervised. Right. So yeah. Well, let, me, let me ask you this. This is a good segue. So it. You know, Lauren and I are obviously going to be new parents, new to the parenting thing. Mm -hmm. I have spent about 0% of my time up until now thinking about ever like parenting anything, right? It just wasn't in my world. Right. And and I think similar to her, like, you know, unlike a lot of women, she hasn't put a lot of thought into parenting. Until now, it's a real thing for us. You're dealing with a lot of parents. One thing that I've observed that's interesting, especially being somewhat public people, Lauren, much more public than me, is there are a lot you know, there's as we've been talking, there's probably a lot of people that are nodding their head yes and agreeing and like really like liking what you're saying. There's probably some people that are nodding their head no. I've never seen a space where people have stronger opinions than it comes to parents. But I want to talk about when basically, you know, healthy opinions and when advice is maybe asked for and then right. also like shaming, right. which there's there's some wacky people out there. And I don't right. care if if some of these people are listening, they're like, oh my God, this guy just called me a wacko. If you're sitting there wondering, am I a wacky person? You probably are. Right. I want to talk about this a little bit. Hot little break to talk about Juve, specifically red light therapy. Have you guys tried it? I just did a blog post on it. It's live if you want to look more into it. But just to let you know, I got an epidural and afterwards I got the worst rash on my back. I think it was from the tape or the latex. We don't really know. But the thing that healed it, and let me tell you, I tried everything, was the Juve. I stood in front of Michael's huge ass Juve, butt naked, and healed this rash. And let's just be real here, guys. You've heard me chirping about the Juve for a long time. We had the founders on here and talked all about the benefits of red light therapy. If you have not heard that episode, I definitely think you should go back and listen. If you don't believe us, believe them. It, this is single-handedly the most 
most game-changing product that we've used the entire year. And you know, like Lauren, Lauren sometimes is somebody that takes a little while to listen to me and jump in. And obviously, listen, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You were pregnant, didn't want to fully dive into the juve until you were done. But admit, now that you're using the juve every day, my big, huge juve, you're butt naked in front of it. Admit, it's a game changer. It is a game changer. Some of the benefits are enhanced sleep, reduced pain and inflammation, and increased libido. But I'm telling you, this rash was so bad. And after standing in front of the juve three times, it made it exponentially better. Listen, you want better sleep? Better skin, better sex life, better appetite, better energy. Do you want all that stuff? Shit, we should throw Taylor in front of it. Any, I mean, if, if you're one of these people that just heard all of those benefits, you're like, I don't want any of that, then I can't help you. But if you do want all those amazing benefits, the Juve is for you because honestly, it does it all. I use it every single fucking day. So if you want to check it out, go to juve.com slash skinny and use code skinny to receive a free gift with purchase. I recommend checking out the one Michael has, which is the Juve Quad. It's a full body device. Device, but also check out the one that I use, which is a handheld device. It's called the Juve Go. That's J-O-O-V-V.com slash skinny. Use code skinny to receive a free gift with your purchase, guys. I'm telling you, get on board, fix your circadian rhythm, and enjoy all the benefits of red light therapy. All right, let's get back to the show. And I think the, the first, if I can give you the best parenting advice, it will be to find what works for you. Because once you know what works for you and your family, then your blinders will go up. From the time she's born, well, starting now probably, until she's in college, you're always going to have someone that wants to give you their opinion, that wants to push their opinion on you, so or is going to criticize everything. That's just parenting. I call them the Instagram parents. And especially for someone like Lauren, who is so public, she's probably going to get, oh, why did you use that bottle? Or that bottle isn't good. Or I tried this pacifier. Why is she in the car seat like this? You have the Instagram patrols. You have the... The mommy patrols, the breastfeeding Nazis, you just have all of those on Instagram. And I think the number one thing that you could do is just find what works for your family. Like she said, you may not be the one that can do the cry it out. Then you do the gentle method, which I love. You go in, you visit, but there is some crying involved. So I think it's just really important to know what works for your family. As long as your doctor approves and your baby is safe, then you should just feel okay with doing that. But well, there's so much shaming in parenting. You know what's so strange to me is like with you, like we have a relationship, so I sometimes will ask you advice. And that's right. like solicited advice. I'm right. actually asking for your expertise. Right. But I don't get these people that want to give unsolicited advice to their parents. And I, I've said it on this show before, like I could care so little right. about any way, any way thinks, any, anybody thinks I parent this kid. Like if there is, if, if there was less than 1% of care I could give, you'll be at 1%. That would be, I'd be like zero. I'm like, I right. really like a lot of all of the things I care about. I care so little about how people think I'm going to parent this kid. Cause it's just, it's not their kid. It's not the same. You don't know what's going on in the household. Right. And at the same time, like I would never have the audacity to tell somebody else how to parent the kids. I right. wouldn't even like, it just seems so strange and foreign to me to jump into someone's personal life. Yeah. I would never just give a mom unsolicited advice. I mean, like my whole platform is like, I'm sharing my journey, but like take what you love and leave what you don't. And and I never want to pressure anyone to do anything. So it feels like if I saw somebody like sitting in a restaurant and I disagreed with what they ordered. Right, exactly. And I just walked the f- I just walked the fuck <laughs> right, over there and was exactly. like, hey, you shouldn't be ordering that. Like put right. that, put the, put that <laughs> right. you got those enchiladas with extra right. sour cream. And it never but could you imagine <laughs> if someone filmed me and I just walked up to right. some, a random person in the restaurant and did something like that? Do you imagine like the hate I would get? Exactly. Like, hey, this why are you wearing that sweater? What is right, up exactly. with that fucking sweater? That is an ugly right. sweater. And it doesn't stop. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day that she posted that she was going to start transitioning her baby to a bottle. And she got so many comments and DMs that said, 
you're so wrong. You should breastfeed until the baby's one. How could you make a selfish decision? So it doesn't stop. It just what your baby's going to sleep in. It just goes on and on and on. And sadly, we as women have to deal with that a lot. And that's why you just have to really know, I can't stress enough, what works for you because you just have to be prepared for all the, and some people say, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. I'm only trying to help, but you shouldn't do this with your baby. Let this me say this. <laughs> you know what would be a great TV show if us three did? Mm -hmm. We would find the people that made these comments. Oh, yes. We'd find out where they <laughs> live we'd show up with a hidden camera we'd knock on their door and just walk in and start telling them how they should live exactly. let me see your perfection exactly <laughs> Wait, exactly let, let me see your perfection i love that it's love very it. strange it's just a strange thing to me i just never grew up in a way where like i would ever put interject my opinion or my, my way of life onto somebody else like i respect how anybody wants to live their life do their thing like as long as you're not putting anyone in danger you know but i think that's i don't know if i don't know if it's just specific to motherhood and parenthood because i feel like people just give comments for i mean you guys don't get comments on your marriage and that type of stuff as well sure i mean we get we get comments all the time about a lot of things but i've never seen it so strong as yeah, when it comes that's to parenting that's strong, why i asked right. you and i'm sure like in your life you're dealing with a lot of high profile people and i feel and like they, they get, get so it the many most. comments right and it makes them scared that makes them not want to share certain parts because they don't want to. I don't know if you guys remember one year, Kim Kardashian, I think she showed a picture of one of her babies in the car seat. And I think the car was actually stopped or something. And she got so many comments. Like, like people saying, what, you took a picture of the kid? No, the, the baby seat. should be turned the other way. Oh, or the baby nice. shouldn't be this way. And I mean, even Kate and, you know, in the royal family when she brought her baby home, completely different country, completely different car seat rules. People went so crazy. Like, she doesn't have her baby the right way in the car seat and everyone's like uh for england she does you know so people are just so quick to give feedback of what they think you should do with your baby or what works for them people used to throw their kids in like a sack in a covered wagon and just like head across the plains like they, they were i mean when i was a kid been. we rode in a car with like no seatbelts in the back seat yeah I mean, life was, was fine <laughs> it was fun you put all the three kids in the back and you slide right. around the back seat and see you would happens. pray you hit a bump and you would jump up and yeah. hit the top of the car that's like the good life <laughs> this may sound ignorant but what are some some things that you notice that people are super opinionated on for instance like i you just said like the pacifier. Like, why is the pacifier so fucking controversial? Because some moms feel like that, A, it's it will ruin your baby's teeth or it will make your baby not want the breast. There are so many reasons why people want this. And I mean, and God forbid, if you go to Google, you'll find enough information to support everyone's thinking because that's just what Google does. I think the number one thing that a lot of moms deal with is, A, the breastfeeding thing. You know, a lot of moms get shamed if they just don't want to do the breastfeeding. That's the biggest one that I've seen. I've heard from other feedback from other moms that breastfeeding shame is really hard. And then also the sleep training. If, you know, some moms have mentioned I'm sleep training. And the first thing everyone says, well, I could never let my baby cry it out. You know, it's like, okay, well, that's not what sleep training is, letting your baby cry it out. You know, so I think that if more people took time to educate themselves on things, you know, even though this method worked for your baby, if you take more time to learn other efforts, you wouldn't be so quick to make comments that actually don't make sense. This sounds like dieting, okay? <laughs> There's 5 million ways to lose weight in 5 million different diets. Yes. And some work for some people and some don't Absolutely. work for some people. I think you have to be your own guru and find your own like right. mom diet, whatever that is, for it to be effective. I don't think it's a one size fits all. And I think that I hope that I can be a blogger or an influencer that takes a stance on this mom shaming thing. I, I had no idea that this even existed until I got pregnant. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know it was a thing, really. I had heard the word Huge mom shaming. This is, why aren't we like supporting each other and lifting each other up? I'm new to this whole mom world. I'm I'm doing my best. I'm giving it my all. I'm doing my research. Am I going to do everything fucking perfect? No, right. I'm not. 
but I'm going to learn and adjust along the way. And like, I just think like people being malicious and having these really mean comments is not doing anyone any favors. In fact, I think it's, it's hurting everyone. And I'm going to get to the root of it again. How, how much time do these people have on their right, hands? Exactly, like, what the right. are you doing? Like you're sitting around patrolling right. around what other people are doing. Because l- let me say this, one more thing. All these comments outside of making them look bitter and jealous and stupid or whatever they want to look like, they don't, it doesn't impact Lauren and I at all. We just right. kind of look at it and say, okay, and we just keep doing our thing. Like it's not going to change the way we behave or act or parent. So I it's just, that, it makes I no think point. it's great that you have to have a good foundation as well. Because even with working with some of the moms I'm working with now, the sleep, sleep training, they're afraid to even post their sleep training because they don't want to get the negative feedback. So I think that having, again, going back to knowing what works for you, because every baby is so different. You know, even with you guys, you have like three bottles in your nursery or three pacifiers because you don't know what she's going to take when she comes, you know? So I think it's just understanding what works for your baby and what works for you as a family, but also having a strong foundation, you know, being strong enough to understand that, okay, if I post this picture, I could get A, a good, a lot of comments and B, a lot of negative comments too. But I do think that we are in a time where we're starting to see more moms come together. You know, now they have a a hashtag that fed is best because for a long time it was breast is best, breast is best, breast is best. But now a lot of places are now saying fed is best, you know, and according, uh, breastfeeding is the best. We will say that, but that doesn't work for every mom. It's not healthy. It's not um, possible sometimes for every mom to do it. So I love the fact that now we see that fed is best. I'm trying not to have any expectation when it comes to breastfeeding. I'm trying just to go into it and just see how I feel. It's like people are asking me what I'm going to do. It's like asking me, I've never never done it, so right. I don't know. I have to experience it myself. I'm a very visual person. So can you sort of walk me, th- this is probably selfish, walk me through of what I'm in for and how you begin to breastfeed if you do breastfeed? Like, is it an immediate connection? Like, how does it work once your baby's here? And I think first I want to say that I think it's amazing that you're even having the conversation that it may work for me and it may not work for me. I think that it's amazing that you're taking that pressure off yourself because so many moms I've seen literally in tears. But isn't that the most logical perspective? I mean, listen, I'm not a woman, but right. like like Lauren said, she doesn't know if it's going to work or not work. So I feel like people like over committing yourself before you know if it's even possible. Well, I feel like, like because there's so many things that society tells you that you have to breastfeed, that you have to breastfeed. So a lot of moms just getting into their head that they have to do it. And like I said, yes, breast is best, but it doesn't work for everyone. So I think for you, um, normally what happens once you deliver your baby, a lot of times most hospitals will put the baby on your chest right away. And some babies will have a perfect latch right away. And some babies will need a little bit more help. You know, a lot of things with breastfeeding, it may not be instant. It may take, you know, a, a couple tries to get it started, but it knowing that you guys have a great doula, you know, a great hospital staff will help you. So a lot of times breastfeeding may not come immediately, but you'll get it going. And it's also something that people don't talk about how painful it is. It's like one woman described it to me before I became a mom. She's like, it's a little snapping turtle that just snaps onto your breast and refuses to let go. And that's really the truth. That's really what it feels like. Taylor, you got to you got to have Connor pull that clip when Lauren's face when she just said a snapping turtle because the, the reaction was hilarious. A snapping turtle? It's like a little snapping turtle that just snaps onto your breast and won't let go. And it's kind of okay. like me, just with not as much pressure. I right, exactly. I don't like when Michael, I have this weird tick. I don't like when Michael touches my boob when I'm on my back so like I'm there's like a sensitive I don't know if it's something that happened to me I don't know if it has to do with my boob job I just don't like when he touches my boobs when I'm on my back like I have to be like on my side well, okay when you breastfeed you have to just make sure you're sitting up on your glider okay but a, a snapping turtle like oh you have to think it's like the little mouth. It's like a little suction cup. Do they have? They don't have little. They don't have teeth. They don't have though. teeth. They're just a little suction cup that's very hungry and that's trying to just 
suck all the milk out. <laughs> and uh, here's another question for you that's really candid. What do your tits look like after you're done breastfeeding if you do breastfeed? Are they looking different? Is your nipple looking bigger? Like, what's the deal? Well, I think you should understand that your body in itself changes with having a baby. You know, some women never go back to their pre-baby body. So I think that that's one thing that you have to kind of understand too. But you don't want it to go back. This is a new phase for you, a new sexy for Michael now, a mom, mom boobs, mom body. But it's still, your boobs sometimes will drop. You know, I can't really speak on someone that's had a boob drop because we don't know. I don't know. I've never had that luxury. But I know that your boobs do drop some. But it, it's not, you know, it's not a big shift. Your nipples do become extremely hit because now they're nipples for milk. So they do go to the period where they're really big. Every woman's body is so different. Some of your breasts stay the same. Some of your nipples get extremely large. It's all just so many great changes with motherhood, Lauren. What about uh, vaginal versus C-section? What's the what's the the differences that you've seen after? You know, the I've recovery. Seen, yeah. The recovery. Well, you know, with coming with vaginal births, most of the times, most women have to get a few stitches. You know, some doctors I know will even cut you before you get to that point. Just you know, quick slice to make sure that your vagina will oh, expand. Oh, a quick slice between my vagina and my, my per, <laughs> yeah. perlinium or whatever the hell exactly. it's called. Exactly. chill. And then you have to, you know, hemorrhoids is a real thing after having a vaginal one. And sometimes if you pushed a long time and then had to have a cesarean, hemorrhoids is real with that as well too. But of course, you know, a cesarean, a C-section is major surgery. So that recovery is much longer. You know, you really can't lift anything heavier than your baby for two weeks. You can't really, some moms can't go up and down the steps. So it's definitely a longer recovery. And sometimes I've heard your body just never feels the same after a C-section on them because it's, you know, such a way of delivery. Again, I'm trying not to have any expectation towards either one. I'm just right. going to see what happens and kind of go with it. And, you know, some moms watch delivery videos on YouTube and some moms stay away from it. What's been your take on it? I watched one video of a vaginal delivery and made Michael watch it with me. And that was enough for me. Like, I, I just I feel like I'm the type of person, again, that I have to go into it with my own experience. I Like, to just watch a bunch of videos is like, this is weird, but it's like an overload of content for me. So what's the role? What's the rule with Michael? Can he have, does he have to stay above the knees or can he look, you know, some moms don't want the husbands to see. I'm not all very the artistic, so I don't know. Like, I'm sure I'm going to love to see the baby, but I don't know if I am going to be on the other side. I feel like no. I'm going to be on the other. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to make the decision for you. Right. I, I don't, I don't want Michael down there. I'm you don't want him to see No, it? I just want him to be up by my shoulders. I want to do whatever makes her comfortable. Right. That's exactly. what makes me comfortable. And by the way, our friend Wesley and Brano, like Brano watched the entire birth and said it was the most beautiful thing that's he's ever seen. And right. he's super it's definitely artistic. beautiful. Right. But for Michael, like I just like for our situation, like you're going to be up. Well, near here's my the thing. I thought like I was listening to like, and don't fucking pee. I was listening to a guy and a, a woman, a fr actually friends of ours that we know, and he said, "Well, like it's she was. They were saying that it's selfish of Lauren if she doesn't let me see that." But I was like, right. "You know what? I actually I want to be selfless in this situation to make her comfortable. Right. And so if that makes her uncomfortable and stress her out during the delivery, like I don't want that for her. Right? But this is another situation which is like everything that your mom experience should be. Everyone is different. I'm right. sure there's moms that are listening that their husbands caught the baby and it was beautiful and it worked for them. Right. For my relationship." get the fuck behind my shoulders. Like, So I, why don't you meet in the middle, though? Why don't you say, stay behind me, but once the baby is out and up, he can cut the umbilical cord. Oh, yeah. How about you give that. him that? He's going to cut the umbilical yeah. That's part of our birth plan. We're right. So that's like meeting halfway. I'm going to have some steady hands. I'm <laughs> scared I'm going to be cut the wrong thing. If you're not going to cut it too <laughs> right. soon, I want it to pulsate. I want it to pull, finish pulsating. Listen, I'm not doing anything until, until someone, the doctor tells you. Right. Like, they're going to be like, right, exactly. I'm going to double, triple, check me. Sure, sure. And then I'm going to do it. But I have to say, out of all the 
couples that I've worked with, I feel like Michael is the most calm. Like, I feel like he's the one that's going to keep everyone calm on schedule. Let's go. The baby needs to be here by five. Let's go. No, I'm joking about that part. That is very observant of you. I am very, <laughs> you know, we were talking to the doula yesterday. And mm-hmm. I'm a turbo person, as you know. I'm like pretty like right. go, go, go. But in situations like that, I, I'm pretty calm. Right. right? I think like you when, have to be when, calm. when shit hits the fan, I'm, I'm, I'm a good guy to be around. I'm calm. Because Lauren, I mean, and I don't know, Lauren is so, you know, I was reading this book where the silent birth is becoming like a new trend where no one talks, just let the baby come in, the mom's not screaming. They just like that kind of centers the baby. It used to be really connected to Scientology, but now more moms that aren't in Scientology are really adapting the silent birth. But I really want to know, do you, do you see yourself as a screamer, as a calm? What do you kind of, when those pains hit 100 miles an hour? When I have pain, I'm um, pretty inward. I don't think, I don't, what do you Listen, think? Listen, let me tell you something. My wife, if I'm like a, if I'm a tough tolerance of like a three, she's like an 11. She's oh, wow. like one okay. of the toughest women. I, mean, so I really You guys that. could probably push out really? triplets then. You've never told me that. Oh my God. She's, too, I mean, it's not like, yeah, your pain threshold is ridiculous. I went to Thailand with her. We're mm. eating the spice food. I was basically bawling, crying. She was just sitting there like, like, what's it, Tom Young Gum? Also, but Michael, you have to remember, um, spicy food and giving birth are two. Sure, but I'm saying she can do all of it. Whatever. But what I will say about silent births, I'm a pretty chatty person, as you could tell. Oh, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know if I could do the silent birth. <laughs> right, right. Or no, was, you're gonna have to. This is what I'm gonna need from him. I'm do gonna, we have a playlist? Is the question. You hopefully I have a little one. speaker. She can no, put do whatever. You, you, no, no, you need playlist. to have a playlist. Oh, I do. Yeah, I want Bossa Nova. I think I want Bossa Nova. Like gonna, I want her it's to kind of cool to have a baby come out to us. We're gonna hit. Yeah. We're she can come out to Iron Maiden. No, she can come out to like tall and tan and young and lovely. Yeah. Like, we'll put she, a nice little soft thing on there. I want. I need what I need from him is I need him to turn down his thermometer because sometimes he goes zero to sixty and I need like uh, energy to drop down a little bit. Right? I don't have what you call a slow build. I just kind of you, you just go. Yeah, it just go. That one speed. It's go. Okay, so <laughs> I want to talk to you about this. I told you earlier. You're coming on the blog. You're going to do a bunch of blog posts on um, accessories and things for the nursery that you think everyone needs. So I'll give you an example. Um, the baby shusher, shusher, mm-hmm. shusher, the baby shusher is something that I Instagram storied and everyone DM'd me and said it's like a lifesaver. What yes. are those like lifesaver hacks that every mom should have in their nursery? Well, the first and foremost, I would say blackout shades, blackout curtains. Every mom should have that because again, going back to starting the healthy sleep habits from the beginning, you want the room to be completely dark. And they have them at Target, Amazon. You know, the lowest you want to spend up is the highest you can find blackout shades. That's the number one thing. A white sound, a white noise machine is definitely, definitely, especially with you two having dogs and having people coming out, you don't want the smallest noise to get. But then again, you know, I say to have the white noise machine, but then also make sure you live your life because I know some people that they just make their house has to be so quiet when the baby sleep, but then the baby gets used to that. So the smallest thing. So I say have the white noise machine, but also continue to live your life, play your music, have your TV on. Don't get your baby used to having to sleep in silence and only the white noise machine. That's really good advice. Yeah. And then the n- next thing will be a very safe crib. You know, I think safety is so important. So I would say a crib, you know, don't buy your crib off of Craigslist. Don't re-gift a crib. Buy yourself a new crib, no matter what budget. The crib that our baby's sleeping in you can like let everyone know it's very safe. Very safe. It's okay. absolutely safe. We've taken every some things if you wanted for the nursery, I've personally said we can't have that because it's not gonna yes, be safe. So you're you have one of the safest. I am also a safety certified. We're gonna baby proof the house too, right? Exactly. With you. Yeah. Yes. So your baby, everything that your baby has will be safe. You're a safety certified 
Installer. Installer. Yes. So you so you come in she's basically gonna come into the nursery and make sure that things if there's an earthquake that things are right how they should exactly. be on the wall. Matthew's you the wall. also um did a class with Michael and I for baby CPR. CPR. Yes. Did the baby CPR. That was really helpful actually. It Very is. helpful. Because exactly. I, I had a brief understanding of CPR for adults, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize, you know, even like the little thing with the two fingers. Yeah, and just, exactly. So you know, you remember prepare. how to do that because no. my memory. I also remember how to flip the baby and you put it you know, head down and right. on, flip it back. I you, know. I, Lord, I pay attention to these. No, things. I pay attention to, but I have pregnancy brain right now, so I just want to make sure we <laughs> might you put need the, to go You put over. the mouth over the the mouth and the nose. Okay. So, do you think every new mom should take baby CPR? I absolutely do. Okay. I think that there's no cause or rhyme or rhythm for SIDS. You know, of course, they always say why things. And if you look online, so many moms have found their babies unconscious and was able to, you know, bring their baby back to life until the ambulance got there or to help their baby breathing or the blood flow until the ambulance got there. So I definitely think that every mom, and they have, it can be free at a YMCA or a local Red Cross. So I definitely think that every mom should do CPR. And, and CPR. we're going to link um, some baby CPR things in the show notes for you guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll link, um, is there, and I know there's like an American pediatri- pediatrics maybe. Yes, like and also too, like, normally if you just go to your YMCA, they do tons of classes with that. You know, you could just actually go online and Google local infant. You know, some churches even do it. I think now with SIDS kind of rising, more and more places are seeing the importance to offer those classes to moms. Yeah, and maybe when you come on the blog, you can give us some safe sleep tactics. Right, exactly. Okay, so if you have to tell someone one piece of advice to leave our audience with for a nursery, what is it? Safety first. Okay. Safety first. And then I would just say blackout curtains because <laughs> I'm going to need those for sleeping. And if someone wants to know where they can find all these like earthquake things and all these, these like how to, how to nail something to a wall, where can they find that? Again, I hate to sound cliche, but going on Google and doing it because there's so many, you have earthquake specialists just for like lighting. You have earthquake specialists just for like electricity in your home. So I definitely say just Google what you're actually looking for. And they do sell infant and baby emergency earthquake kits now where you can get like the baby food, the this. So I think that it's just about, you know, taking your time to research because every home, you know, lives in different areas will require different things. You know, I have a mom now that lives in the Hollywood Hills and her home has to be prepared differently from someone that may live in Malibu because she's in a different area, which different risk. And what about the plugs in the wall? You talked yes. to me about this. Tell every me about mom, that really quick. Every mom has to have the electrical covers in the nursery because there's so many kids that actually stick metal into the outlets um, under a year old just from crawling and walking and have become electrocuted. So I always take a lot of precaution, not just the nursery, but covering all of the outlets in the whole home. And you're going to help me do this, right? Absolutely. What's a book, a podcast, or resource that you would recommend to our audience on mommyhood? Wow, that's a good question. What part of mommyhood is so vast? You could do sleep training and then maybe something with nursery design. Or let's do it this way. For new, new moms, never been, babies not born, and then maybe like to read in the first year. So maybe there's two. You know, my favorite book is The Baby Whisper. Amazing, amazing book. And sadly, you know, the woman who wrote that, she passed away a few years ago, but it's still the Bible of baby healthcare. So I definitely say The Baby Whisper was definitely your first thing that you should read. And for podcasts, not a podcast listener. We're going to convert you. Well, I mean, not, not that. I don't feel like there's one place that you go and get everything that you need. It's Got peace it. and peace here. So maybe that could be you, Lauren. Maybe you create a Jada Kids podcast. I lo- Jada Baby podcast. Jada Baby podcast. Yes. <laughs> Jada Baby. I might, yes. call, I might call you, though, when I have kids, though, too. What? Because you have an 11-year-old. 
Yes. Yeah. So you know kids. So I've too. been through all every step, everything you can imagine that you're gonna go through the sleepless nights, the crying out, everything. I've been through it. It's it never changes. You know, life goes on, but the normal no rather where you live or what decade you have your baby in, it's all the same. I keep telling myself over and over, I'm like, people, a couple of people have done this before. Yeah. And so And yet they've survived. Yep. What's your favorite age? <laughs> My favorite age I would have to say is like between three and five. It's so magical because their their personalities are really developed by them. They're talking. It's their preschool years. They're bringing you art. They're bossing their dad around if they're a girl. They're bossing Michael around. He's having her in all the Gucci that she wants. No, Michael, you're not going to do that. <laughs> I got some. I got some. Cool st- I, got, I got a lot of basics coming in. Okay. Well, yeah, we're we're finding a lot of different cute clothes, and I just have to say, you took me to Loved Baby the yes, other day. We love Loved Baby. It's this organic. Like it's it's all organic, one hundred percent cotton baby clothing, and it's so great because a you don't have any chemicals up against your baby. It's such a soft, soft, soft. I mean, Love Baby's been around for years. Their kids like twelve and thirteen. They've been raised on Love Baby. I l- really like their stuff. We got a bunch of olive, nude, and black. So she set. Michael got her a leather jacket, which I have to show you later. Oh my god! <laughs> and a jean jacket to match. I'm in a lot of trouble. We need to start about Michael's gift for his um, nursery designer because he's bringing all these yeah, Hermes Michael, what's bags and Jada, Gucci you, bags. You might have something coming your way. I don't <laughs> know. Yeah. Play your cards right. What's the gift? <laughs> well, we're gonna talk about it. Let's see. Let's, let's see how this nursery ends up. Right. <laughs> Where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out. They can find me on Jada Niani Kids. And jadaniani.com. And soon I have my ebooks coming out where they can actually, I give you step by step training. Wherever you live, wherever in the world, you can actually buy the ebooks or you can actually hire me for consultations via Skype or Zoom. She's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. That was Thank so you guys informative. For having me. I learned so much. Thank you. Guys, wait before you go. If you want to win a new TSC heart pop socket, they're new. They're brand new. So cute. I put them on my Instagram story. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at the skinny confidential. Uh, and we'll drop into your, your inbox and send a bunch of you one. I'm wearing one on my phone right now and it's major. Make sure you've rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes and we'll see you on Tuesday. Let's talk about a night serum, okay? We talked about this on the last episode, but let's really get into it. So I'm tired. I mean, obviously my skin is feeling dull and a night serum needs to be doing wonders and it needs to be doing it effectively, okay? So enter Biosense. You may recognize Biosense because it's been all over my Instagram and my Instagram stories. So they have this very specific night serum and it's the squalane plus lactic acid resurfacing night serum and it dramatically resurfaces the skin overnight. So you wake up to smooth, luxurious, dewy, plump skin. You can use it at night and you can use it nightly. So it's not something you can only use a couple times a week. You can use it every single night and it's for all skin types. So if you have sensitive skin, it works. Right now, my skin is very, very sensitive from the baby. So this is ideal for me. Basically, what I like to do is two to three pumps, dime size amount after my moisturizer. And then I always take it down to the nipples. Always. As far as you can go, get it on the neck, get it on the chest, get it on the shoulders. The ingredients here are, because we always like to discuss ingredients, are lactic acid, clover, squalane, and lavender. And again, all really soothing, calming ingredients. If you're a mom, if you're a hustler, if you're overworked, if you're tired, this is the night serum for you. Biosense is giving everyone 20% off. All you do is go to www.biosense.com. That's B-I-O-S-S-A-N-C-E.com and use code Lauren20 for 20% off. Grab some night serum and let me know what you guys think. All right, let's get back into the show.